People used to see me as a monster, and I want to be seen today as Melody. I'm an independent, vibrant, hardworking, dedicated woman. You're listening to the Mental Health Download from the nonprofit Mental Health Association Oklahoma. I'm Matt Gleason. Each month on our program, we take on one of four topics related to our statewide mission promoting mental health, preventing suicide, ending homelessness, and reforming the criminal justice system. Today, we're kicking off the association's See Me campaign and with our very own Melody Mills. Each day, Melody's helping people experiencing homelessness start a new life in recovery. She's amazing at her job because she truly understands what they're going through and how to overcome the greatest of barriers. Before we get into our conversation with Melody, I want to introduce you to Christy Sturgill. She's the association's director of marketing. She's going to give us a little bit of insight into what exactly the See Me campaign is. So Christy, take it away. Thanks for that introduction, and I'm really glad to be here. The heart of it really is driven by the fact that society, Oklahomans, we all like to look away. When we see people who are panhandling on the side of the road or people experiencing severe mental illness or people who are experiencing homelessness, anytime we see those things, a lot of the time you look down at your phone, like anything you can possibly look at that isn't that person outside your window. And we want to challenge Oklahomans to make eye contact with people who we want to look away from because that's how we're going to see the thing that unites us all and that's that that's our humanity. So Christy, you've worked for the association for a few months now. One of the things that I learned, you know, 8 years ago when I started working here is that this place changes your perception forever. It's you you see the world in a different way. So how has your work changed your perception of people experiencing mental illness, homelessness, and incarceration? You know, I was at um, a gas station here recently, and there was an individual who ran into the gas station, and he stole, he was trying to steal Budweiser. And as he ran out out the door, he got chased by people who worked for this gas station, and he got tackled out in the parking lot and everybody sort of gathered around the doors and were looking spectating on this they were they were laughing they were just talking about this event that was happening in front of them and it just hit me in that moment um, that I might have just a few years ago been one of those people just sort of gawking at this thing unfolding in front of me but being here at Mental Health Association Oklahoma we know that these people sometimes are experiencing you know maybe addiction or some sort of severe mental illness it was just Budweiser and this whole thing was was playing out in this parking lot over pier and it literally it, it brought tears to my eyes knowing that this person's going through a really dark time in their life. And, and then this, the next thing I thought was like, well, what's going to happen next to this man who stole beer? Are we going to put him in prison over beer? Like, what, what do we do to help this person that's going to make them get back on their feet or help them deal with their addiction or help them treat whatever mental illness is causing them to steal something so 
so little. I mean, at the end of the day, that's not, it wasn't a teenager trying to like steal it because they're too young. It was, it was a a middle-aged individual who, you know, otherwise might be just experiencing this, this dark chapter of his life. And in the world around him was just gawking and just, it was like a spectator sport in this gas station parking lot. And that's what I want us to challenge with this campaign. I want us to, as a society, as Oklahomans, be in that experience and understand that on the other side of this event is a human being. And, and at the end of the day, we all have our own problems. And, and some people's problems just happen in a gas station parking lot. And other people's are less public. Christy, thank you so much for sharing that that personal story that really puts things into perspective for this entire campaign. Okay, the mental health download starts now. Hello, Melody. Thanks so much for being here. Uh, We really appreciate you telling your story and being so open with your experiences because uh, I believe and I think the association believes that we can really change lives when people like you are brave enough to share your experiences. So just to begin, can you explain how you ended up in prison rather than receiving treatment? The way I came to be involved with the justice system was it was absolutely terrible. Um, when I was 14 years old was the first time that I had an encounter with the jails, I guess it would be, juvenile system, um, from the time I was 14 until I was 25. Um, the first time was I, um, I started using drugs and alcohol. Um, that's how I grew up. My entire family was um, drug dealers, um, very violent, gang-affiliated, and I was under the impression that the only way that you can get through life is to have the drugs, and then the drugs gave you the power. And I learned that that's just not the case, not at all. Could you describe to us just a little bit what what it was like when you were in prison and were there any things that, that didn't happen that you wish would have happened that maybe would have made that difference for you? What happened with jail and prison and rehabilitation was not what I wanted. What would have been amazing would have been You clearly have a drug problem. Why don't we get you some treatment? That was never an option. That was never said to me after 10 felony convictions, um, eight of which were drug-related. Nobody ever said, you have a drug problem, Melody. All they did was take me and sent me to prison. Um, My last felony conviction, I went to prison for just over five years. Um, and it was only supposed to be a, a one and a half year sentence and it turned into a combined total of almost seven years. Um, I'm a 10 time convicted felon. I have two violent crimes um, and it has taken me places that I, I would never imagine and I wouldn't want anybody else to go there ever. It's a scary place. As someone who has been justice involved and has experienced homelessness and 
mental illness and many of the challenges you've faced in your life. What are some of those things that you perceived others thinking about you that may or may not have been true, but that you believe to be true? The most hateful things that I believed, and that was the key, I believed that people looked at me like I was a monster because when you hear, we have a violent crime, you know, you hurt somebody. To know that people looked at me like I was a monster when really on the inside I just wanted love, I just wanted some guidance, I just needed one person when I didn't have that one person. Um, to know that people looked at me and that they were afraid of me, that they judged me for being a drug addict, they judged me for being um, homeless, they judged me for being a felon. I was always judged, it didn't matter what I did until I started improving the quality of my life and I was the only person that could ever do anything to change myself. So what was the turning point in your recovery? What was that moment where you chose the life that you're now living? The first time that I realized personally that I had a drug problem was I was actually in prison in Washington State and the preacher came to talk to me and he knew things about me. He was pointing his finger at me and he was telling me things. And at first I was a little caught off guard because I was like, how does this guy know things about me? But it wasn't that he knew things about me. It was that he knew things about the type of human being I was. And when he mentioned and said, Melody, do you think you have a drug problem? I was like, no. I don't think the drugs are the problem. I think not having a fair chance in life, and I gave all these excuses, and then that was my epiphany to where I realized I had a drug problem. And that individual changed my life from that day forward. I just started moving forward, going through problems and working through everything that ever caused me a problem in my life. It was that day forward, and I will never forget him as long as I live. Melody, what advice would you have for employers in the community who are interviewing someone who has been incarcerated like yourself? If I could ask employers to change something about the interview process or the background screening, I would ask them, don't look at the piece of paper first. Meet the person because it's a human being that is there. You know? And if you have to look at the background, Look at it after you meet the person because once you meet that individual, you're going to know immediately, yes, they're going to be an asset, or maybe they're not an asset for me, but they might be an asset for somebody else. Stop using our past or their past against them for their present and their future because it's the past. When, when is an employer going to let go of the past? When is society going to let go of the past and look at people for whom they really are? You know, it's, it's the human factor. I tried everywhere to get a job and nobody could look past that background ever. Um, and then I started networking with my friends in the community and found a company that accepted felons. Um, and that was the best thing that ever happened to me. That company, I was a, I was a machine operator for that company. And 
that company actually gave me my work ethic, um, taught me how to be accountable for myself, taught me how to work because I hadn't, I didn't have much work history. Um, and I'm grateful for that. And then after about a year and a half, I, I wanted more. I wanted something different. Um, I had somebody tell me, um, I was running the machine and somebody walked up to me and they're like, your talents are getting sucked out of this machine and set free in the sky. And I'm like, my talents, what are you talking about? That sat and resonated in my mind for about 30 days, for about a month. And then I just decided to act on faith and take take a chance, take a leap of faith, and went and volunteered for a company. Um, even though I had rent and car payment and all the you know successful adulting things that we all have, and uh, that volunteer turned into the best opportunity that I could ever imagine, and it's brought me to um, this industry. And I can't be more pleased and satisfied with everything that I am able to do. And I meet people every day that talk about, well, I can't do this because of this. I can't do this because of that. You can do anything that you want to. And I share a little bit about myself. And it doesn't matter what happened to you or what didn't happen to you. It's what are you going to do about it now? Um, I've gone to school. I've got degrees. I'm um, unemployable today. I have skills. And I wouldn't change anything uh, because everything that I've been through my entire life has created the human being that I am today. And really for the first time in many years, I can say that I'm truly happy and satisfied with myself. Um, I love myself. Um, and to be able to teach other people that it's okay to be who you are. And just because you might have some setbacks, that's not who you are. It's just some things that you have walked through to be able to be who you are meant to be. And, um, I'm just really grateful. And we're, we're really lucky to have Melody at Mental Health Association Oklahoma, but could you just tell us what it was like getting a job here um, as a case manager? What is it like working with people who are experiencing mental illness and substance abuse and, and homelessness? The Mental Health Association of Oklahoma has really been a dream come true. They didn't even ask anything about my background. They were not concerned what I had done, where I had been. All they were worried about was who I am today, what they saw, they saw me. And that's all that I ever wanted was just see me. Don't see what I used to be. And they've given me the most amazing opportunities, which has allowed me to be able to go and work in the field with other people that are just like me, that have um, have felt invisible or are currently feeling invisible, that feel like they don't have any options. And to be able to take them and walk hand in hand and give them a purpose is just beautiful. And it's the Mental Health Association of Oklahoma has really changed my life and I am truly grateful. If you could change the public's perception about you, how would you want them to see you? People used to see me as a monster, and I want to be seen today as Melody. I'm an independent 
vibrant, hardworking, dedicated woman. And that's how I would like to be seen. I don't want to be seen as a monster or a felon. So thank you, Melody, again for coming and, and talking to us and, and being so open with your story. If you guys would like to learn more about our CME campaign or give in the form of a donation, you can visit mhaok.org backslash CME and you can watch the video with Melody and see all of the other content that we're putting out as a part of this campaign. So thank you guys for listening and we hope you tune in next time. Okay, go do good things.